Welcome back to another episode of the Broncos Avenue Podcast. I'm your host, Amir, with my great co-hosts. We have Jordan Times 2. We have J-Mac and Jordan Lopez. Today, obviously, we're going to be jumping into our, our 53-man roster prediction for the offense today. We did the defense last week with Lockdown Broncos, Sarah Bettinger, and uh, site expert for Predominantly Orange. But how are you guys doing today, J-Mac and Jordan um obviously uh it's thursday today i know ota second week of ota is wrapping up a little bit we got some uh, news on our, our kicker finally we'll get to uh, later in the episode but like i said how are you guys doing today need football season come back and that's all i'm waiting uh, for yeah yeah i can't I, I can't really complain man i'm i'm ready for this game game one tonight so mm-hmm. can't wait for that really excited all i'm gonna say is nuggets at five we'll go from there but uh, Jordan, how, how are you feeling about your uh, Celtics, if you uh, don't mind talking about that? Yeah, I mean, I'm used to it. I'm kind of numb to it. I'm all, always beating ourselves, and I'm kind of used to it already. So. Yeah, I, def- I definitely felt for you guys on that. Man, you guys just like – the Celtics beat the Celtics on on that game. Like, I don't care if it was a huge blowout. The Celtics beat the, the Celtics. Like, yeah. man, the Heat are – this is like one of the most lopsided finals matchups I've seen in a while. So definitely going to be a, an interesting finals. Hopefully I don't jinx myself there, but this is kind of where I see things. But uh, good to hear you guys are doing well. Let's go ahead and jump in um, all of the Broncos and more. Um, so obviously we're going to be doing our 53-man roster prediction for the offense today. A little bit early as we uh, head into a mini camp in a few weeks. And OTAs wraps up, like I mentioned, and then training camp eventually. So we still got camp battles and everything. So, uh, well, this is going to kind of be one of those episodes that we look back at uh, come September and be like, yeah, how 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 much of a fool did we make ourselves look here on the show or potentially how, how well did we predict things and to shape up for the offense? So let's go ahead and jump into this. And uh, quarterback is really just a, it's really just a gimme. I mean, quarterback, I'll go ahead and start Russell Wilson, Jared Stidham, and then uh bear, uh, excuse me, Ben DiNucci under that new third quarterback ro- uh, rule for the NFL CBA rule. Um, He's obviously not going to be counted towards the 53-man roster, so you can carry a third quarterback. And Russell Wilson, Jarrett Stenham, obviously just locked in there for uh, the quarterbacks. Then, uh, J-Mac, how do you have uh, things shaping up for the running match? Because I know we've talked a little bit about how the Broncos kind of need a little bit to make a little bit of an improvement at their RB3 spot, but it looks like Sean Payton's perfectly set with uh, who he has at the back half of that depth chart. But who do you have as like kind of the starters in that running back, um, running back room, and how many do you have on the final roster? Uh, it was really tough, but I'm I came down with um four actually. I think Sean Payton. Mm-hmm. If you go back to look with him in the Saints, he usually keeps around three to four constantly every single week because running back is a position you never know who can go down or you never know you know who can come in and give you just a burst. Um, so of course I had Javante at the one, P. Ron's at the two, and the three and the four was kind of very weird because right now they have Crockett at the four and Tony Jones at the three. And I'm fine with putting Tony Jones at the three and Crockett at the four. I think Crockett's coming back from a torn ACL, I think. So mm-hmm. I think it was kind of the best to put Tony Jones at the three. But, I mean, honestly, um, I think that we could improve at that position just a little bit more, just have a little bit more depth. I was hoping that Latavius Murray came back, but um, we'll just see how everything goes. But, yeah, I would have to say Javante is the starter. P. Ron is the um, second string running back. Tony Jones third and Crockett fourth. So, yeah. I'm also carrying four running backs as well. Um, I actually do have a, a little uh, shakeup here. I have Crockett as the fourth uh, string running back, obviously with Javante and, uh, and P. Ryan being one and two. My third is uh, Tyler ba- uh, Batty. I think he's going to uh, have a good training camp. I think uh, I saw some people talking on Twitter, especially uh, Sayer and, 
and Zan, uh, they were talking about Tyler Beatty and how uh, he might be flying under the radar a little bit. I think I think he is. I think he's gonna have a good training camp, and uh, I think gets the third spot. Yeah, and shout out to shout out to Zan, man. We haven't even talked to him on the show. The dude is like incredibly smart. He's got a bright future ahead of him. Hope he sees this. But, um, anyways, yeah, I agree. I agree with you guys. I actually. So the thing is, I actually disagree on like how many running backs we're gonna carry. Um, lo- looking back a little bit in the previous years on the f- the first initial roster heading into Week One, Sean Payne only has carried three running backs. Um, so I have Javante Williams, Samaj P. Ryan, and Tony Jones Jr. Then I do agree. This is where I agree with you guys. I have Tyler. Bay- making the practice squad and being that guy that is kind of uh, elevated on game day when needed, um, not Demarie Crockett or Jaleel McLaughlin. I just feel like maybe I'm maybe I'm a little bit on like the min- the minority here, but I feel like Jaleel McLaughlin's being a little overhyped. I mean, he wasn't in like one of those main schools with a lot of competition, and obviously his stats are going to be boosted because of that. But when you do have a lot of stat- you know, great stats like that, that is to be taken into account. That's why ultimately they brought him in. But I don't see him making the 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 final roster, you know, barring any insane you know, performances in preseason or training camp and how he looks, I assume he's going to look great under Sean Payton, but so are these other, other running backs. So, and then DeMar Crockett, the touring ACL, I, I just don't know how well he's going to look, you know, I, he wasn't that amazing before. So I don't know how he's going to look post torn ACL. So that's kind of where I see things. I think they're going to roll in with three running backs and then t- keep Tyler Beatty as that option to elevate on game day if needed. So that's kind of how I see things right now and then uh fullback i think we can all agree mike burton is not going to be beat out by any kind of um tryout fullback or anything this offseason mm-hmm. so he's going to be the starting fullback um shout out to mike burton um so uh jordan what do you have looking for the tight end room a uh, room that uh sean payton loves cer- certainly for that position we've seen a lot of historic tight ends play under sean payton what do you see shaping out for the tight end room i know they made some uh, trades and uh, free agent acquisitions uh, this offseason yeah, so for the tight end room, basically, I have maybe surprising because usually maybe it's not like a popular position for the usual fan. I'm carrying four, and uh, the four, Greg Dulcich, Albert O. I think he's going to have – I'm hoping Sean Payton find, can find some type of role for Albert O. Uh, Chris Manhurts and Adam Troutman, who uh, traded for, I think those are a solid four. And, uh, I mean, I, th- I think our tight end room is looking a little better than last year. Uh, for me, I'll, I agree. I would think that – I think one of them is going to end up getting cut. I think that's a that's a position I could see us kind of cutting somebody and, you know, trying to trim the roster down. Somebody has to go. And I'm going to go with Alberto. I've been off the Alberto train for a while. I have nothing against him. I just don't think – I don't know if Sean Payton's going to want to keep him. I know he had a really somewhat of a down year. Kind of came on strong at the end of last year, but – um, I just think the drops are still going to be an issue. So I would have Greg Dosage at the one, Trotman as the two, and I'll go Manhurts at the three. All right, so uh, for me, the tight ends, I have to, I'm have i going with Greg Dulcich, Adam Trotman at the two, and then Chris Manhurts being that kind of sixth offensive lineman. I have to agree with you, J-Mac. Albert Okwebenam, I think I think this is going to be the year where the Broncos uh, finally move on. Um, not, you know, not any disrespect towards him. Um, I just don't feel like he fits the scheme, you know, too much for uh, what Sean Payton believes and uh, what he wants to do. Um, I know he uh, earlier this offseason when he was asked about the tight end room, he was kind of talking about how when he was evaluating that room, it was a little bit uh, rougher than he thought it would be. And so I feel like maybe Alvaro played into that. That's kind of why he became a healthy scratch and whatnot. So that's kind of what I see shaping off of the tight end room. I only have the Broncos actually carrying three tight ends this uh, this upcoming season. So that's kind of how I say things. Maybe they have a Hunter at or uh, the new signing, um, 
uh, what was his name? I'm gonna edit this out. Tommy what Hudson. was the new? T- yeah, Tommy Hudson or uh, Tommy Hudson uh, to make the final 53 man roster. Uh, so that's kind of who I, or not the final 53 man, but the practice squad. So I definitely think one of those tight ends is uh, out to be um, one of those tight ends is potentially uh, elevated, um, you know, via injury on the 53 man roster. So that's kind of how I see things looking out for the tight ends. So um, Jordan uh, wraps up his tight ends. I'll go and start with the wide receivers, one of the more fun positions. Uh, so for wide receiver one, um, I think we all all got to agree. It's uh, the one and only Jerry Judy, um, absolute dog. He's going to – man, I was looking – last night I wanted to talk about this. Last night I was looking at Tom, Michael Thomas's stats whenever – before the little – the obviously the dec- decline there in New Orleans, especially with Sean, Sean Payton leaving. Man, just – Getting better every single year. You saw 1,100 yards, 1,400 or 1,100 yards, 1,200 yards, 1,400 yards, 1,700 yards, 149 receptions that season. Sets the record. I mean, absolute monster. You can only imagine what Champagne's going to do with one of those top receivers on this team. I'm just really excited. And I also saw this uh, talked about a little bit on Twitter. I can't remember who was uh, debating on it. I saw that um, someone threw out the idea that this might be the best skills. This, the best skill position Sean Payton has ever had on a New Orleans roster in his career. What do you guys think about that? That's that's kind of like a really big you know comment to and you know big thing to say about this Denver Broncos offense. What do you guys uh, think about that? And do you think this might be the best skill position group that uh, Sean Payton has ever had? I think it's up there. I mean, like it. Like I think the other day I was just looking at the roster and I realized we hadn't cut or traded anybody, and I'm just like, oh my god, like. We're kind of absolutely we're kind of really loaded. I mean, you look at the running backs, Javante, Piron, the receivers, Jerry Judy, Corlin Sutton, Tim Patrick, Marvin Mills, KJ Hamler, um, Marquez Callaway, and then you go to the tight ends, Greg Dolchicks. You got a few guys there, but then the offensive line is really good. And of course, Russell Wilson. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's up there. I mean, you go back to the Saints days, Marcus Colston, Jimmy Graham, and a lot of those guys, Michael Thomas, Brandon Cooks. I mean, Sean Payton has had some dogs, but I think as a like as a whole offense, this may be the most explosive and the most talented. So yeah, uh, I would have to agree. If he if he can just get the true potential out of all these guys, I mean, I think it doesn't become a question at that point. And I'm really hoping you know Judy Sutton, even Marvin Mims, if they can really explode, and Tim Patrick coming off his injury. And we all know what he can do with the running backs. So, Javante, I think, is in for a big year with uh, P. Ryan. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I can agree that it can become his, his best. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, wide receiver, I have Jerry Judy, Cortland Sun of the two. Uh, I know that one's kind of up for grabs a little bit with Tim Patrick, Cortland Sun. Ultimately, I do have Cortland Sutton making it um, behind Jerry Judy, kind of being that sub wide receiver one. Uh, then I have Marquez Callaway at, at the four. Um, then I have Marvin Mims at the five. I think he's going to have a really good offseason uh, training camp and preseason as well. Um, then at the six, man, this is – and by the way, I have six receivers on this roster. I was I was doing a lot of research on Sean Payton's um, offense last night and just back, dating back to all these years. Um, I don't think I saw a single year where he carried seven receivers or more. In fact, there's some years where he only carried five. So he's not he's not big on like the, the wide receivers and carrying a lot. He's more on getting a lot of value you in those specific starting wide receivers that you have rather than just getting a lot of like average guys so um, that's kind of how I see shaping see things shaping up I see him taking on uh, six wide receivers entering week one against the Raiders so wide receiver six 
I think this might be the year. And we've, man, I want to say that KJ Hamler makes us the 53 man roster. And I could very well see it. Like, I could see him having a healthy training camp and um, the rest of OTAs and everything. And he makes the, the final roster. But I think Lil Jordan, I'm going to go ahead and play safe here. I'm going to say Lil Jordan Humphrey makes the final 53 man roster just because of his versatility to play the tight end position as well and kind of insert as a tight end four potentially and also, you know, play as a wide receiver if needed. And then obviously his special teams ability is just really, really well. Um, once he gets a boosted special teams count this year, he's going to be one of the arguably the better special teams uh, wide receivers in the entire National Football League, in my opinion. Um, he's going to show what he can do under Mike Westhoff, a great special special teams coach. I think I'm just going to go ahead and play it safe and say that Lil Jordan Humphrey makes the the 53 man roster. Um uh, what do you guys think what do you guys have shaping up for your wide receiver room and what do you think about KJ Hamler and how he might be on the roster bubble? It was really tough, but it, I kind of came down with the 6. I I agree I think 6 are going to make it. Um so I'll go I'll start so I think Jerry Judy is going to be my wide receiver one obviously. Wide receiver two was tough. Um but I went with Tim Patrick, and I only went with Tim Patrick because I remember the chemistry kind of him and Russ had kind of towards before Tim Patrick got hurt, and I think that chemistry is going to pick back up really quick. So I'm going to go Tim Patrick at the wide receiver two. I gave Corlin Sutton wide receiver three. Wide receiver four I gave to Marvin Mims. Wide receiver five I gave to KJ. And wide receiver six I gave to Marquez Callaway. I put Lil Jordan Humphrey on the practice squad as well as, Ken, as, well, as, well as Kendall Hinton. And, I mean, it's – I think with KJ being – I think he'll make the team because he's his contract. He's still on his rookie deal. He can still prove himself somewhat this season. I don't think it's the end of KJ just yet. I I wouldn't be surprised if we do release him, but I just think at this point, like, what would kind of be the reason? I mean, you're not having to pay him a lot of money. You know, you you, you can still use him on his rookie deal, and you could possibly still trade him during the season, you know, and get some capital instead of just cutting him out right and getting absolutely nothing. So, yeah, I think it'll be those six. I think Lil Jordan Humphrey will be a special teams. So then for my wide receiver group, I'll see, you know, my wide receiver one. I mean, it's a no-brainer, at least for me. I mean, you already know who I'm talking with. So it's Jerry Judy. Uh, actually, my wide receiver two, I did put Corden Sutton. Um, I I really don't like to think that like in wide receiver two, like wide receiver three, like to mark him like that. If anything, you can have Sutton and Tim Patrick as like a 2A, 2B type of guys who are just that good. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have Marvin Mims uh, in the back end with Marcus uh, Callaway and Lil Jordan Humphrey. I do not have KJ Hamlin making it. Um, I do think players like Brandon Johnson and like Jalen Virgil are going to be on the practice squad. And maybe even like a Kentel Hinton if he battles uh, in training camp. But yeah, those are my uh, my wide receivers. Yeah, KJ, and just for a disclaimer okay. for everybody out there, if if KJ Hamler does not make the final roster, he's gonna get picked up like right away off waivers. So, um, yeah, that's it's not really an option for him to be on the practice squad by any means and kind of elevating him on game day. He's gonna be picked up like right away by a team that needs like a speedy uh, like wide receiver for. Um, so. Yeah, I I'm, I think we're like basically all on the same page. We had the same amount of wide receivers. It was really just like the back end that we maybe disagreed a little bit on, but and kind of the depth chart a little bit. But that's kind of how we have uh, things shaping out. I'm hoping the best for KJ, man. I hope he absolutely shows everybody wrong. And it's like the one of the biggest battles of this offseason, in my opinion, is Lil Jordan Humphrey versus KJ Hamler. Like that is going to be something to keep an eye on, definitely coming in um in a training camp. And we'll have an episode where we go over all the camp battles that you need to look at. But that's certainly one of the like the top three ones that you need to look at in the back half of the wide receiver room. 
So next, uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, – so I went ahead and did wide receivers. Um, so, uh, J-Mac, let's go ahead and um, have you start off with left tackles. Who do you have being uh, your your left tackles on the depth chart and uh, how many? Okay, so I went ahead. Um, I went with three. I think obviously Garrett Bowles is going to start. I think um, his back was going to be Cam Fleming. Third string, I had to really go deep into the depth chart to find out who the third string was. Um but I went ahead and went with Christian DeLauro. I think he's going to be our third string. But I think, you know, the front, the first two guys are going to be Garrett Bowles and Cam Fleming. Well, I mean, I for me, the left tackles, I, I just kept that at two. I didn't go that deep into the depth chart. I think that's when practice squad is going to take over with the offense alignment. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think it's a no-brainer. I think it's going to be Garrett Bowles starting and then Cam Fleming uh, backing him up. And I'm just hoping Garrett Bowles can bounce back after his, uh, his injury because we're going to need him. Yeah, that's one of the bigger storylines of this offseason. And, um, yeah, I have Garrett Bowles, Cam Fleming, really easy there. Um, Cam Fleming is going to be the guy that swings left to right if needed, and yep. um, that, that's really easy there. And he, obviously left tackle, right tackle, he might project a little bit better at um, – well, last year he's, he played some really good ball at right tackle. So, honestly, it's really cool to say that we have a, a very solid veteran swing tackle. Um, so, losing Calvin Anderson, we replaced him there, obviously, the signing last week. And yesterday it was reported that they got him on a one-year, like, $2 million deal. That is absolutely very, very cheap money. Like, a lot of Super Bowl contenders would pay, would, like, kill to have uh, a swing tackle like that on the roster, especially in the postseason, if injuries come into play. So, Really good value signing, honestly, for the Broncos. Something that they did really well this offseason was getting some good value, especially in the draft. And to see them get some more uh, this late in free agency is really impressive. So, uh, so J-Mac, that was your uh, left tackles. Jordan, who do you have at your uh, right tackles um, starting in week one? Man, so the right tackles were – because, I mean, obviously we have Mike McGlinchey as starting as the right tackle. I kind of had Cam Fleming being the alternate for left and right. I kind of beefed up the interior line just in case because we don't know what's going to happen with Kush and mm-hmm. uh, Alex Forsyth. Um, so, yeah, I mean, as of right now, again, this is just very early prediction. It's Mike McGlinchey, and then I have Fleming backing up both. I do think that the, the practice squad's really going to be, you know, a pivotal part with the offensive line and having to call up someone on game day and something like that. That's why this early into the season, I do not know who's going to be that guy yet. And that's why right now my early prediction, it's more of my interior line that's getting the the, the more of the attraction. Um, for my right tackle, I go the same thing, kind of Mike McGlinchey and Cam Fleming um, as backup. Like, it's not really any guys on the roster at tackle that's just, you know, we don't have crazy depth there. So I think Cam Fleming is just going to be coming in kind of for both, um, you know, kind of simultaneously. But, yeah, I will go McGlinchey and Cam Fleming. Yeah, so uh, for a right tackle, I'm actually going to go ahead and go a little bit different from you guys. I'm going to go Mike McGlinchey, the starting right tackle, obviously, that big contract. And uh, to back him up, I have obviously Cam Fleming is going to swing from left, but I have Alex Palczewski, the rookie undrafted free agent, is going to carry on the tradition of Broncos undrafted free agents to make the 53-man roster. Obviously, very often we see the uh, the defense um, being that on that side of the ball to uh, be ones that are uh, making the 53-man roster as the rookies. But I have Alex Palczewski, the Illinois native. I'm obviously going a little bit biased here, but uh, Alex Palczewski, having making it uh, just under 6'7", 
absolute freak. I mean, 315 pounds. He fits that Sean Payton prototype for offensive lineman he likes. I could definitely see him having a really, really good training camp preseason and making this uh, final roster. Obviously, it's a big stretch and a big uh, prediction to make, but uh, you look back in the previous years, and I, like I said, I was doing a lot of work on Sean Payton's previous uh, you know, rosters um, heading into week one over the years, and he carries four tackles, like four different tackles, actually. So um, I went ahead and had uh, four different tackles, uh, Cam Fleming, Garrett Bowles, Alex Palczewski, and Mike McGlinchey as being the tackles, um, the main ones heading into week one. So that's kind of who I have. Um, so definitely, uh, I, honestly, that's just going off of the, what we've seen in Sean Payne's history that I went ahead and went with the four tackles. Um, I definitely could see, you know, what Jordan mentioned, you know, having Cam Fleming just being that swing and then maybe elevating someone from the practice squad. But um, I went ahead and went with those four tackles. I feel like that's a pretty good prediction. So uh, so right tackle, that is complete. So left guard, uh, what do we have um, looking at for uh, left guard? Um so uh, Jordan, you did right tackle, left guard. I went ahead and had uh, just Ben Powers. I didn't have any uh, kind of depth here at left guard. Um, I have a little bit more to boost it at the center right guard position, but I just have Ben Powers. I think he's going to hold his own really, really well over there. I don't think he's going to need much help. And honestly, he's going to be like more helping uh, like Garrett Bowles and Lloyd Cushenberry uh, being that kind of like uh, hammer in the offensive line um, rather than needing help on his end. So that's kind of what I have for left guard. What do you have uh, yours looking like, uh, Jay Mack? Um, kind of the same thing. I have Ben Powers, and for the backup, I went ahead and put Kyle Fuller there. I think that interior is going to be kind of the same rotation full of guys. I didn't want to go deep and say Quinn Bailey. I think he's going to be on the practice squad or Luke Wadenberg, but I would say that it's going to be kind of the same, like maybe three, four guys that kind of rotate in and out of the guard and center spot. Yeah, I agree with Jay Mike. I have the same uh, people that have Ben Powers and uh, – and uh, I'm he's forget I'm forgetting his name. Like Kyle Fuller. Kyle yeah. So yeah, I have those two guys. Uh, like J. Mike said, I think those guys are gonna be rotating in and out uh, just in case something happens injury wise or even they start playing bad. But I, I don't expect Ben Powers to, to have any type of bad performances. It's just mainly for injuries and stuff like that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that uh, that's that rookie center that we drafted uh, last year, Luke Wattenberg. Really, um, I hate to be the guy, but I'm really happy that he's not going to be making the final roster this upcoming year. Man, J-Mac knows that after the games last year, towards the end of the season, I was on this podcast not holding back at all. He's just I, – I still that was one of the worst George Payton picks uh, in his, his time as the Broncos GM easily. So, yeah. uh, anyways, I don't even know if I want him on the practice squad. But uh, <laughs> besides that uh, extra hating, we have um, at right guard. So, um J-Mac, who do you have uh, as your uh, right guard rotation and the starters? Um, I know you mentioned Kyle Fuller being that guy, the left guard. So who do you have in your, in your right guard depth chart? So obviously, Quinn, I got Quinn Miner starting. And I, it was kind of tough, but I went with Alex Forsythe just because he could play, you know, center and guard. Um, I think Kyle Fuller is going to be the automatic second string for guard for left and right. But I got Forsythe kind of backing it up just in case, you know, we need the extra depth there. So, yeah, I'm going to go um, Quinn Miners one, Kyle Fuller two, and I got Forsythe as the third for right guard. I mean, it looks like me and J-Mac are on the same page. I got I got the same I got the same uh, group. Um, yeah, Quinn, Quinn Miners, I mean, the obvious starter. And, uh, man, I mean, I mean, I just can't wait to get to the center position because I know Kyle Fuller is going to be switching between left and right if he has to back up anybody, but – Alex Forsyth, I think, is going to be a uh, starting center. That's all I'm saying. 
You had wow, the starting center. We'll get to that in a second, but yeah, Kyle. Man, I was I was just thinking while you're talking about that, Kyle Fuller and Cam Fleming, really good additions by the Broncos this year because of the versatility role. I mean, you really—that's the big thing we were talking about this offseason—is you need guys that can be versatile after losing Calvin Anderson and then Cam Fleming walked in free agency. So that's something the Broncos are missing. And don't get me wrong, I don't think Kyle Fuller is like one of the best interior players in the offensive line but that versatility he brings it's going to be very very needed for the broncos and it makes it more flexible for them to carry more tight ends more running backs more wide receivers so that's certainly uh, something the broncos uh will definitely benefit from this upcoming season so um yeah right guard i i'm actually going with uh quinn miners a starter and then i have kyle fuller at right guard he uh, he was getting some uh, good snap counts with uh seattle at right guard uh before getting replaced after an injury so that's kind of how i have things shaping up for the right guard but like you guys mentioned he's going to be swinging left right and then also at center so that's kind of how i have things looking at right guard um so uh jordan how do you have uh things looking at for uh center um i know you just uh hinted a little bit how you have uh your starting position looking like yeah i got alex forsyth as a as a starting center uh i just think he's gonna have a really good training camp i mean i cannot stress enough how big of a pick that was at the end of the seventh round uh i think he's literally gonna be our starting center i think he's an outplay lord cushionberry I do have Cushionberry backing him up just in case he goes through some rookie woes and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, I, I hinted him at earlier of him being a starter. I know he can back up also, you know, right guard and left guard just in case if we have to get that – if we're that injury depleted. But, uh, yeah, that's my starting center, and I got Cush backing him up. Yeah, I would – it's tough because I was going to start for – like, I was going to start him, honestly, but I, I think that – I think that they're going to go with Cushionberry just to be completely safe. But I think down the line, like in the season, Cushionberry is going to struggle like he usually does. And I think Forsyth is going to take his place. But at the start of the season, I'm going to go Cushionberry at the one. I'm going to go Forsyth at the two. And I got Kyle Kyle Fuller being a, like, you know, the third string alternate center if need be. So, yeah. Yeah, that's very fair. And I was really debating between the way I have mine and the way you have yours, J-Mac. Um, so for my centers, I have uh, obviously – oh, so I have Lloyd Cushenberry being the starter. Um, I think they're going to give him the last chance that he kind of deserves. I mean, he didn't play too well the last few seasons, but I think he deserves this one last shot to prove himself as the, the Broncos' third-round pick. And I think uh, Sean Payton's going to believe in his abilities to give him just one last shot to begin the season as a starting center. And then like J-Mac mentioned, if things do go wrong, you can insert Kyle Fuller or Alex Ford there i'm sure alex Forsyth is gonna have a really really good training camp in preseason so um so i have a center starting center being lloyd cushionberry then uh to back him up i have alex Forsyth and then kyle fuller uh being the third string just like j mac mentioned so we have the same exact one i thought i was gonna put kyle fuller at the two but he, uh him backing up quinn miners and also backing up ben powers i think i'm gonna put him at the three just to be fair there okay. um so that wraps up our full 53-man roster prediction for the offense. And then if you guys miss our defense, make sure you guys go check it out on our YouTube channel um, for the podcast and also on Spotify podcast, wherever you guys are listening. Make sure you guys go check that out with the defense. We have Sarah Benninger on the show to talk about all of our linebackers, corners, uh, everything, defensive line, to go over who we believe will uh, make the 53-man roster. So that is complete. Obviously, the Broncos uh, revamped their entire special teams. Uh, obviously, you just kicker or punter that we would really predict. Obviously, it's looking like Riley Dixon. And to lead us into our next segment, great segue, Elliot Fry, the Broncos sign uh, the 
NFL veteran kicker to be their new starting kicker after releasing Brandon McManus, a former Super Bowl 50 champion. So while the Broncos go ahead and bring in Elliot Fry, what do you guys think about this signing? He has played for 10 different NFL teams. Um, he has only really played in uh, – he's really only been on the field for three different teams, um, that being the Chiefs, uh, Falcons, and Jaguars. But – what do you think about this signing? Obviously, we mentioned that we kind of wanted Brett Maher to be the signing, but they instead go with the unknown guy, uh, Elliot Fry. Um, so he's played with the Bears, the Ravens, the Panthers, the Bucks, the Falcons, the Chiefs, Packers, Bengals, Jags, Cardinals, and now the Broncos. So definitely a lot of teams. Most of them have been kind of on the off uh, in the on the practice squad and then kind of elevated if needed, but. Um, Elliot Fry, what do you guys think about uh, th this signing? I know, um, like like I mentioned, we wanted Brett Maher, but my opinion on this signing, he's kind of one of those guys where he's super unknown. Like, we haven't seen him kick much at all. I mean, he's 5 of 6 on his field goal attempts in his career. He's 5 of 7 on his extra point attempts, which isn't the best uh, by any means. But, I mean, it's not a lot of kicks. Um, so what do you guys think about this signing? He's one of those guys that – is unknown, so you don't really know what you're going to get out of him. So I don't think in that in that aspect, that makes it to where you can't say that you hate the signing because you don't really know what you're going to get out of him, if that makes any sense. Yeah, um, he was my backup, you know, to Brett Maher. Like, I, you know, he was my number two, so I wanted Brett Maher, and if we didn't get him, then I said Elliot Fry, since they were both kind of, you know, Broncos kind of fighting on which one to sign. Um, I, I can't, like you said, like, I can't hate that. I can't hate it. Um, I know people were freaking out because his career long is like 44 yards. And I'm like, well, he barely is kicked. So, but um, I think that, you know, it'll, it, it's kind of fun and scary to kind of experiment kickers. Cause you never know what you're going to get. You're either going to get somebody that's really good or somebody that's just like inconsistent and just going to cost you some football games. But I mean, We'll have to see how it goes. I think at some point they'll bring in another kicker and kind of have a competition. I don't think that they'll just simply just go Elliot Fry as just the sure fire starter. Like right now, he's our only kicker on the roster. He's the only guy that's going to start. I think down the line they will bring in another kicker. I'll be surprised if they don't. But, I mean, either way, we're just going to have to wait and see. Um, preseason is going to be a big, you know, sign of whether, you know, we're going to be comfortable with him going into the season or not. But I can't hate the signing for now, honestly. Um it could be really good though. You never know. Kickers that bounce around a little bit, they some of them, some of them tend to just find their their home and they end up being really good in one spot. So, you know, we just have to wait and see. It's a really good point. Yeah, and I think there's going to be a kicking battle no matter what in training camp. You know, he's not going to be the only one out there just kicking. I think there's going to be several kickers there. You know, trying to see who's going to win the job. I don't think it's like a for sure thing. He's going to be the starting kicker. I actually do think if someone, you know outduels them in training camp you can just see a, a quick switch there um but i hope it does work out i mean you know like j-max said some of the, those kickers you know they, they tend to find their their feet at their new home and they really find a new pace and you know kickers love to kick in denver so yeah definitely that altitude will make a lot of dividends for um elliot fry and definitely for a lot of those fans that complaining about his field goal uh high it definitely will be boosted here in the mile high if he is a starting kicker but yeah i mean I, I would like to see him kind of find his groove here in Denver and become a great kicker. I mean, like J Mac mentioned, you can't hate the signing because you don't really you don't really know what you're getting out of him. He hasn't kicked much at all. He spent a lot of time with different teams, and while a lot of fans are like, "Oh, that's crazy," I mean, he must be bad, so that's why he's bounced around a lot. It's not always like that. In fact, you're, there's only 32 starting kickers in the NFL, so it, that's literally like 
almost an impossible chance to become a starting kicker in the NFL. You got to be really, really damn accurate. And when you get your opportunity, you have to be like almost perfect. So um, the Broncos, if they're going to want Elliot Fry to be their, their kicker, they're going to have to believe in the guy. And also he's going to have to earn it training camp. And I wouldn't be surprised if you see some news come out that they sign Parker White or they bring in a different kicker uh, to compete with him in training camp. So um, maybe there's some still undrafted free agents out there. You never know. So. That's kind of where uh, that's kind of what how we feel about the signing. Not mad about it, but at the same time, I'm not super enthused by it because I would have liked to see uh, Brett Maher uh, here, especially with uh, Elliot Fry being only on a one year deal. You could have gave that to Brett Maher and then got a new uh, young kicker this upcoming season, like a 23 year old kicker, 24 year old who has good accuracy in college. Um, so that we kind of see the trend. I know I expressed my opinion on drafting kickers and on the show, but I would I wouldn't be mad if they took one in like the seventh round or signed one. I know the Broncos Broncos have had a lot of good history with fighting kickers, so I, I trust that they'll they'll get this right again. So, but yeah, that is going to be it for uh, today's show. Obviously, uh, some news that um, we missed on a little bit uh, yesterday. The Broncos released uh, XFL running back. Uh, J- Jaquez Patrick, a little bit of a surprising move. I didn't really see that. I thought he would honestly go throughout the rest of training camp on this team, but you never know. He could be brought back in, within the next few hours or 48 hours, next few days. You never know. But um, And then the Broncos bringing in former Titans tight end Tommy Hudson. Some good depth needed there. Uh, but anything uh, we're uh, missing out on before we go ahead and end off the show, I know uh, one thing, uh, last thing I want to talk about is uh, kind of like a, a fun topic is, well, I don't know if it's too fun, but I know, J-Mac, you watch uh, Undisputed. Uh, so uh, Shannon Sharp is uh, apparently leaving uh, FS1's Undisputed. I wonder how that, uh, I wonder how everything's going to go for that. And I honestly wonder what's next for Shannon Sharp. Man, I ain't going to lie. I just Anybody who knows me know, like, I get up eat my breakfast, I always watch, I, I, like, Undisputed is just my sports show, like, I just love it, like, I love the back and forth, like, I always watch it, I watch, like, every segment on YouTube, like, so I, I man, it, it, it kind of hurts seeing that he's leaving, but I, I kind of, you know, I'm not surprised by it, Skip is kind of, like, just some of the stuff he says, you know, he gets very personal, I'm not surprised um, that Shannon is leaving, but I'm kind of, I'm kind of interested to see what he's going to do, um, I'm hoping he comes back in some way, you know, back to tv but man it just yeah. sucks though like it skip just wasn't just skip like it just it just sucks but yeah yeah wow. obviously the broncos legendary tight end um yeah i'm like as like you said I'm, I'm really interested to see what he uh what he does next um definitely some uh, good moments and i saw that uh, apparently after the nba finals it'll be his last yeah. episode so that's gonna that's gonna be kind of a i don't know if it'll be an emotional episode he'll probably be just saying f you to skip bayless but um <laughs> Besides that, I, I don't I really know how things are going to go. It, it might be a good farewell bye. Yeah, yeah. Twitter is pushing for him to go to first take. Like, they're like, that That's that that was all on Twitter last night. I was just scrolling through Twitter, kept seeing Shannon Sharp and Stephen A, but I don't know. We'll see how it goes. No, but I, I do want to say one one thing that I don't think any of us really kind of commented on is that none of us had Montreal Washington making the roster. Yeah, I, he, I don't want to be mean here because, I mean, I've talked. I've talked to him. He's a really good guy. Don't get me wrong, but I don't know if it might be a stretch by saying he makes a, the practice squad. If I'm being honest, we have a. It's a very quiet, crowded wide receiver room. And you talked about Kendall Hinson, Jalen Virgil are still there. I think yeah. they're better than Montreal at this point. I do. So I mean, it, it's yeah. tough. He was literally a fifth round pick. It's crazy. I mean, it's tough because usually those guys are just you know gonna make the team regardless. You know, he's just going into his second year. But I mean, when you pick up Tremont Smith. You know, and you still got – you bring in some other guys for the kicker turn spot. It's just 
it's very tough to say that he's going to make the team. I could see him on a practice squad, but I think if we, I think if he honestly does get demoted or waived, that uh, somebody's going to pick him up really quick. But yeah, man, I, it, it just sucks, man. It's it's just it's looking like another miss on a draft pick that you know Broncos country was excited for. You know, I remember we. Yeah, yo, the, he's a you know everybody thought it was it was an important pick because we need we need another keeper turner and then I I don't know if he was just wasn't that good or just the Broncos special team it, it it was just a result of the Broncos special team just being so bad but whatever it was we're going in a new and we're probably gonna go in a new direction so no nah, I would just tend to agree I mean it'd be awesome if we can you know get something in return for him but I mean that's very unlikely as well so if he's not making the team I mean. It, it, it would suck. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's tough. Yeah, the, the Broncos, they whiffed really bad on those fifth-round picks, for being honest. Um, yeah. Well, well, yeah, what was his name? I He's a nobody to me at this point. Uh, Montra Washington and then the other dude, the uh, the center, whatever his name, whatever his name Luke is. Luke Wattenberg. Yeah, Luke Wattenberg. I, I always forget his name, bro. At, at this point, yeah, he's just an unknown commodity at this point. He's not going to be a big contributor for the Broncos. I, I could be wrong, man. He could have a good offseason. But, uh, but yeah, that wraps up our today's uh, show. I hope you guys enjoyed If you guys are listening on YouTube, make sure you guys like and subscribe. If you guys are listening over there on Spotify Podcast, make sure you guys follow, leave a five-star rating. All that is greatly appreciated. Make sure you uh, turn on notifications. Um, yeah, that is uh, it for today's episode. Um, J Mac Jordan, where can everybody find your work? Where can they find you on Instagram, Twitter, all your socials? Um, on Instagram, I've, I've had a few people uh, DM me about the Broncos Avenue podcast. Um, it's kind, it's kind of shout weird. out to you guys, but yeah, you can find me on Instagram. Yeah, um, you can find me on Instagram, JMX Sports is JMX SPRT, and it's two S's at the end. TikTok is just JMX Sports. Um, if you want to message me on Twitter, I don't really, I, I don't really be on Twitter a lot, but if you want to message me on Twitter, you can. It's the same thing, JMX Sports. So, yeah. You can find me on Twitter at Jordan T. Lopez. You know, I already got several messages talking about Broncos and stuff. And awesome. Telling me to uh, go take a hike in the Rockies if I slander one of the best players, even though I live in Miami. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, you can, you can uh, message me there and stuff. And, uh, oh, and uh, Instagram is J14Lopez. So, that's all. That's you all just destroyed everybody. Man. If you guys actually, if you guys actually pay attention to the podcast, you would know Jordan lives in Miami. Like, come on, man. Yeah. But anyways, I'm wearing a Miami shirt right now. I've said on Twitter that I live in Miami. Like, I'm clearly from Miami, but I, I need to go to Miami. Man. <laughs> Miami looks Miami looks beautiful. I need I need to go there like ASAP. I have family down there, so. Well, get your ass down here. But yeah, uh, you guys can uh, follow uh, follow me at Broncos Avenue on Instagram. Obviously, a lot of you guys are already doing that. And make sure you guys follow at Broncos Ave on Twitter. And then uh, make sure you guys check out all of our socials as well. Obviously, JMac on uh, it's on TikTok at JMac Sports, and then me at uh, TikTok at Broncos Avenue. Uh, so make sure you guys go support over so show support over there as well. And then obviously Jordan and me we're constantly releasing articles at Predominantly Orange, all the latest Broncos news. I know you just released one yesterday as well as I did, uh, Jordan. So make sure you guys go check that out link in description all the links to our articles and make sure you guys um go check out our link to our big broncos chat on the bunches app make sure you guys go hit the link in the description uh go chat with a lot of broncos fans just like you we're t- constantly talking about news just like this all training camp otas everything uh go join up in there uh, we're constantly talking about all bronco all things broncos and even having some debates from time to time uh that's cer- certainly fun i'll be yeah, i hope you guys enjoyed today's episode i'm your host to with my great co-host jay Met- Uh, J-Mac and Jordan. Until the next one, peace. Peace.